right, good morning, and welcome back to The Intrepid Author. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Today's guest is a gentleman who I can't even recall how he and I first got connected. I want to say it was probably a couple of years ago now. We obviously connected on Twitter, I believe, but we've had an ongoing internet relationship where we've uh, watched and observed each other's work, and uh, it, I really really a, a goal of mine that when I put out some of my fiction work that I'm in the process of, that this guy is going to illustrate my book cover, no doubt about it. Uh, but he's just put out a new book, and that's the principal reason we're here to talk today. But say hello to my guest. His name is Mars Dorian. He's an illustrator and now an indie sci-fi author. Mars, welcome to the show. Well, really glad to be here. And yeah, you know, the, the first time I came into your world was on Twitter, I was actually listening to one of your podcasts because I was and still am a podcast listening freak. <laughs> well, that's two of us, that's for sure. <laughs> well, Mars, uh, as I said, I have uh, long admired your work, but uh, just in case some of those listening to this uh, aren't as familiar with you, do walk us through quickly about the work that you're doing and tell us all about you. Yeah, so I'm an online illustrator. I created that career about four years ago. When I finished traveling the world, I lived all over the place, you know, Australia, Japan, Mexico, the States, came back to Germany where I originated from. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to work for the man. I'm an independent soul. I used to be a comic book artist back in high school. And, you know, I had a few friends doing internet stuff and I thought I'm going to dive in and learn as much about the internet business as possible. And I started blogging and it was okay, all right. And I got even like, like, for some reason, clients in terms of like consulting, how to create a website and stuff like that. But something was missing, right? The creativity was missing. And I, a friend of mine told me to buy a Wacom, which is like a graphic tab tablet. And I used that to draw for like three days straight without sleeping because I was so mystified by that process. It was so fast and so digital, right? And then I just traded pictures and put them on my blog and my social media profiles. And it started from there. Well, I absolutely love your work. It's so distinctive, so unique. And I'm serious, Mars, when I say that when I uh, get my fiction uh, going, I'm going to have you do those book covers because I absolutely love uh, what you do. I love your styles. But hey, this is a show about authors. And so let's, <laughs> let's not get too deep in the weeds on illustrating. So the new book is finally out. It's called Blogbuster, a sci-fi thriller. Tell us all about the book. So, you know, coming from like a blogger, entrepreneurial background, I got a Kindle about three years ago and I couldn't wait to read all that stuff because I had 450 books, which I had to get rid of because I was uh, switching places and I got the Kindle. I read all the stories that I could find. And I was really disappointed. I was disappointed because I couldn't find the story that I wanted to tell. Like, it's just every thriller or every science fiction story always felt like been there, done that, right? It's like either like a robot revolution or like zombie apocalypse taking over some virus, killing 99% of the humanity and only the people in the state survived. Right. <laughs> and I thought, I mean, it's good for those people who enjoy that, but I, I want to read something different, right? So I thought, you know what? I'm a doer. I'm not just a talker. So since I used to be a comic book artist, I liked storytelling and I just shifted that to in, in written form, right? And with the... Uh, pretty much the advent of uh, Kindle and self-publishing, I thought, you know what, since I'm so in love with blogging, I should tell a really kick-ass science fiction story about bloggers in the future. 
I love it. Walk me through that process. Never in a million years, Mars, did I ever think that I would publish a book. Now, granted, everything I've published so far has been business-oriented, uh, and that results from the blogging that I've done. But I, in seeing how that process works and seeing what's possible and interacting with people such as yourself, I now realize that I, too, can be a creator. But it comes from this core of... You know, I'm not finding what I want. I'm not seeing what I want. I'm not getting the stories told to me that I want. And so you go out there and you create it. I mean, that was the inspiration behind this process, right? I mean, that's where this starts. And I, and I imagine that's pretty typical for any author, right? When I first saw you announce the new book that you said, I, I love this genre, but I was not getting what I wanted. And so I did it myself. That's the modern way of publishing, yeah? Honestly, I think that's natural innovation, right? You have people doing something and they do it because the way they were raised and their background and they, in this case, authors, right? They tell the stories they want to tell, but there is like a, a lack of freshness missing because the new generation is maybe doing it because, you know, I have people who are traditionally published in Germany and the States and they tell me how hard it is to get really a good publishing deal nowadays with all the competition and the bad deals, right? So the new generation for them, it's not as easy to get like a traditional publishing deal. And I think a lot of them are not even looking for that anymore, but they still want to share their story. So with the help of self-publishing, you think, oh my God, like I can tell now the stories like a hundred percent the way I want to tell them. I don't have to appeal to the mainstream and have to do what the editors tell me, right? I can do it in all my quickiness, not like Seth Godin said, right? Bringing out your weirdness and really appealing to a very small slice of the reader population and seeing if the worldview catches on and whether they like your style or not. I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah, no, most of us are not going to be New York Times bestselling authors, right? I mean, that's a rigged game anyway. It's about doing what you want. See, I have a feeling, Mars, that I mean, you wrote the story that you wanted to write that you couldn't find that, that existed in the world. I have the feeling that if no one, zero, if nobody ever buy, actually buys this book of yours, that mm. you will still have treasured the process of doing it and would still and would continue to write just because it's a therapeutic process and it's a passion project. It is the story that you want to read, right? I mean, am I correct in that assumption? Yes, I don't do writing in and think, you know what, oh, I'm going to be so rich, I'm going to buy a space castle now. <laughs> it's just like, I've always enjoyed storytelling. Just I love the idea of having like your shiny Mac and then writing those words. It's very fulfilling to me. Some people hate writing. They love the product they create, but they hate the process. I love the process. So it's really fulfilling because I'm, you know, I'm an introvert, 80%. I love living in my own stories and just bringing them out is very fulfilling, right? Obviously, the bonus is uh, having people like them just as much and, and people having people that are willing to pay for them as well. Well, obviously, there are people who are buying your book. So what's been the feedback so far? Well, it's actually just about one and a half weeks out. I sold about 40 to 50 copies, but I'm a total newcomer, you have to remember. So it's my first book and I'm having a long-term plan. But I got five-star reviews and I have two more books like in the pipeline, which I'm going to publish by the end of the year. And I'm thinking really long-term, but I'm really interested in building a very unique author brand. And this is just the first step. 
Yeah, I love it. Well, congrats on 40 to 50 copies. I mean, yeah, are a brand new author, and that's a great start. And that tells you that there is an audience, and that's the whole point you were making earlier. It's it's a very small, very niched, very specific audience. And that's where most authors, most meaning 99% of us, if not more, that's the audience we're actually catering to, and that's the whole point. And there's more of those people that buy into that niche than one might expect, which is really, really exciting. You know, another point that I wanted to ask you about was, if I recall the story correctly, You've written like eight stories. You've written like eight novels over the years, and this is the one that first saw the light of day. Talk about that process. You hear Steve Pressfield talk about it a lot. There's a lot of books I've written that most of them are total crap and will never see the light of day, but that's still an important part of that process. Yes, with me, obviously, I'm not a native speaker, so for me, English is still a foreign language. So when I wrote my first stories, I just looked at the way they were written, and it wasn't professional at all. It just lacked knowledge, right? Really know-how over the language itself. And for the last three years, especially, I've been dissecting the English language like an alien corpse. <laughs> like I, I'm some kind of mad scientist who has like a, a laser cutter, right? And I'm slicing open that body of English language. I'm just like dissecting it and really thinking about how it works and how I can tweak it to make it sound both unique and compelling for a future reader. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So walk me through how you are distributing this. This isn't only for local readers in, in Germany where you are. I mean, you're obviously going to have uh, people such as myself who are getting the book around the world. How does a modern author like you, how do you reach and connect with an audience that is global? Yes, yeah, I'm focusing, first of all, on the English-speaking market because everything that I do is pretty much American, the market, right? My whole blogging career, my whole illustration career was all focused towards North Americans. And 70, according to Google Analytics, 84 point something percent of my readers come from America. So that's pretty much my target audience. And I'm focusing 100% on my online platforms, meaning my blog, of course, my email list, every single day I'm like a Twitterholic. I do share it like on my personal Facebook profile, but that is not a priority of mine because that recent change where you have to pay to get more views, it's just, it's not that big of a deal for me, but everything I do is focused on online promotion. But the thing is, I don't even worry about promotion at this point. I'm just getting at least four or five books out there. And once they're out, once I have like really like a portfolio of stories, then I start promoting just one book so that when I do like an ad, or I, I do like uh, go on newsletter websites where you can pay for being selected for the process. I can get really more attention than if a few people like my one of my books, they can read the other books I've written. So you have that nice trickle down effect. Yeah, that's a very critical strategy where, uh, and that's a lesson that I learned too, that uh, if someone does like one piece, then they say, boy, I wonder what else this guy has done. And that's where they discover the other work. So that's a very critical strategy. It sounds like you're focusing, you're obviously, you have a following for your blog. And so that's an obvious built-in audience. Uh, but Twitter and a mailing list are, are really critical strategies for the modern writer. A lot of writers find that the dirty work and they don't like it. They say, well, I'm, if I write this great story, the uh, the people will come. That's not necessarily the case. Uh, when I've been approached by the big houses about publishing the work, the, the, they didn't give a damn about the book itself. They wanted to know how big the mailing list was. And so that's that's obviously a very critical element, even for self-published though. I mean, so how does one, how does an author begin to build that mailing list? It doesn't happen overnight. No. Well, I mean, I built my mailing list. So I'm just using the same list now because I get most of my clients, not from my list actually, but from referrals. So I can use that list who's interested in my writing style. And honestly, 
since Amazon is the biggest self-publishing platform or book platform in the world, especially if you write fiction, like from every author that I know that makes a full-time living through uh, self-publishing tells me like, you know what, the number one way to get more email subscribers for, for fiction is just publishing another book and then having a call to action at the end of your book telling people, hey, if you want to know about the next book, just sign up and give them a really direct link. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great strategy. You, you know how many books I've read, Mars, that don't do that? I mean, it's it's blows my mind how many people aren't employing that strategy, and it makes perfect sense. And it's not something that happens overnight. That's the other problem. You, you've had the advantage of being a very active and prolific blogger for many years, which has helped you build some audience, which you then can parlay into a potential audience for the book. Are you finding that the audience of the blog resonates with this as well? I mean, you write about a lot of different, very edgy things on your blog, and I imagine the writing style in the book is similar. Is the audience translating to this? So it's always going to be a small part, right? Because the stories are different than my illustration. So I know that, for example, all the people who gave me those five stars reviews, so all my blog readers. So I didn't tell them to do that, but because they like my style so much, they bought the book when I announced it and they subscribed to my list and then they shared that, right? So it's obviously just going to be a small part, but I'm fine with that. My real long-term focus is actually being like a somewhat of a, a one-man media empire in the storytelling business <laughs> where I can create my own covers, my own books and having something scalable because I think for like a one person creator, it's not if you love writing one of the best ways to really show yourself, but also to make a really good living from your creativity because it's totally scalable, right? Right, right. How many people do you know, Mars, that, that have said, boy, I'd love to do what you just did. I wish I could publish a book and they never do it. What's your best advice to someone who says the cliche, well, I got a book in me. I just don't have the time. I mean, walk me through how you would advise and cancel someone who wants to put out a piece of work like this, but just somehow doesn't do it. Well, there's this cliche saying, I think it even comes from the States where I say everyone has like a story inside. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I, I doubt that. I mean, not every story is Maybe for you, it's interesting, but you have to find the convergence point, first of all, between what you like and what others may like. And the other thing is that if they really, well, it comes down to priorities, right? So many people tell me like, yeah, that would be awesome. I want to write a book. I want to do that, right? But the thing is, they don't really want to do it because it's something like, you know, when you're a child and you say you want to be an astronaut because you saw some science fiction series or cartoon series, you don't really want to take like the hurdle of all that uh, training that you have to do and that takes years and the physical fit is so much work, right? They're not willing to do, to bring in the effort that it takes for everything, right? The editing, the writing, the cover, the marketing, the book plot. Like, they're not willing to do that. They say, you know what? It would be cool, you know, when I'm drinking my Crappuccino and I'm gonna write like a few lines every day and then I can make a living, like maybe some side living from being an author. I think it's just more like something they say without really thinking about the effort it takes. What I heard you say there, Mars, was in essence, there really is no advice to someone who wants to be an author. You either do it or you don't. It's that simple, yeah? It comes down really to, um, to I hate that word because it's so overused, especially like in the uh, North American realm, but that passion or that full desire to bring it out, right? I hate a lot of stuff about the whole process. For example, I hate editing. I hate the formatting and all those keyword things and even like the promotional aspect, right? If it was to me, I would just like live on a boon base and write <laughs> and have everyone else take care of it. But it's all part of the business now. And someone who's really like obsessed with storytelling and they get really fulfillment from it, right? 
they find a way to bring it out there no matter what, no matter how bad they are in English, no matter how much of the process they hate. If they really enjoy the, the, the storytelling process by themselves, they'll find a way, but they will do it, right? And every other person who's just talking about it and saying, oh, that would be nice, they're not really passionate about it. They're not willing to put in the labor. So what I'm saying is, without going on a rant here, is that if you really, really deeply enjoy it, then you'll find a way to make it happen no matter how busy you are. Yeah, that's for sure. But what you just said, though, is really critical, that this is a business. You have to almost look at this as a business. Now, that still can be a creative endeavor, obviously, and I'm a believer that business is art. And if you look at it that way, it's a, you have a whole different perspective on it. But you have to treat your book like a brand. There's a Mars Dorian brand. There's an impression. There's a feeling. I mean, when I see your illustration, I recognize it. I know it. And, and I know what you're about. And I know what your blog writing is about. But you have to look at your at this book creation process as a business and like a brand? Yes, I mean, more so than ever, I'm treating it like a business. I'm seeing myself as a CEO of like a storytelling business, like actually selling experiences because that's what it really is. And I like the idea. I mean, uh, first of all, I like entrepreneurship. I like uh, capitalism. I like the internet and it all comes together, right? And the days of like, just, I don't know, that cliche, that happened maybe to one person of the authors where you have some woodshed like somewhere in the forest and you write and then everyone else takes care of it. I mean, it's just like baloney. It's just like a dream castle, right? Mm. Even a, prof a traditional author cannot do that anymore. James Patterson maybe and a few others that sell in the millions, multi-millions, they can afford to just write and have other people take care of it. But 99.9% .9 of the rest, no matter if they're self-published or traditional published, they have to think like entrepreneurs and everything about your book is a product. And I hate, I know some people hate that, but for me, the characters even are the brands. Like if I can create a new story from them or a new spin-off, the way I design my book covers, making sure they look so unique and so Mastorian that people always recognize that and, and say, oh my God, that's another Mastorian book, right? Like everything that I create from the profiles to Twitter to everything is connect to my brand idea. Yeah, it's the business side of, of writing a book, Mars, that I think keeps most people away from doing it. And that's unfortunate, but it's the reality. And as you said, 99.9% uh, .9 of us, that's how we have to look at it. That's how we have to do it. So, gosh, one last question before we run out of time here. What platform did you actually use to write? What tool did you use to actually do your writing? Well, you know, if that program was a woman, I would marry her straight on the spot. <laughs> and that is Scrivener. Uh-huh, yeah. It is like angels using robo technology to create the most amazing software known to writing earth. It's just, it's, it's marvelous. Yep. Yep. Scrivener. Well, I'll link up to that in the show notes, but I agree with you. I have used that for some of my projects and it is a wonderful tool. I'm messing around with something called Pressbooks, which is a WordPress based platform. Any experience with that or? Yes. I think you interviewed the guy who, who I did. That, right? I, I tried it out because of some interview I heard and I think it was even yours. So here's the thing. I hate WordPress when it comes to writing. I think it's beautiful for blogs, but I don't like the user interface for writing. And using software for writing that uses WordPress as a base was just a no-go for me. And I tested it out. It's actually, it's not bad. But in my opinion, it's not made for long works of fiction or nonfiction. Yeah, interesting. Well, that's a very good point. I agree with you. I've got a number of projects I'm knee-deep in using Pressbooks, but I'm coming to the same realization that, that you came to. The, the long-form writing, is, as I've discovered, eh, it is easier on Scrivener. There's no doubt about it. Uh, now, if you're looking to simplify 
the writing process and you are familiar with WordPress, then it is a good platform, but I agree with what you're saying. All right, well, that's great stuff. Well, Mars, I hate to do this. Uh, I am running low on time and I got to get moving, but I think this will be the first of many conversations you and I will have on this subject because I think you and I are, are in sync about where this business of writing is going and being entrepreneurial in your writing. And so I would love to continue to explore these ideas with you uh, on the show over the long haul. Plus, you have some more projects coming out this fall, which we'll have to get you back on and talk about those as well. But before I do let you go, where can people connect with you and get their hands on this book and as well as learn about some of your other work? Yeah, so my main mother base is marsdwayne.com on earth. <laughs> my favorite connection tool is Twitter. I'm there every single day. And the book Blockbuster, a word game between Blockbuster in terms of movies. And you can find it on Amazon as of now. I'm looking forward to have it on more platforms, but because I'm starting out and I want to focus my energy, I'm starting with the biggest. And so you can find it on Amazon worldwide. All right. Mars Dorian, illustrator and independent sci-fi writer. Great to have you. Great to finally connect, Mars. It's a criminal that we took this long to get connected. It's high trees, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps this episode. On behalf of my guest, Mars Dorian, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on The Intrepid Author. Thank you.